5: No how, no, how, no, no, no.
0: i
3: Oh, yes, that was one of our favorite indie roles, Monique Baines with Code. We want to welcome you guys to the show. As you can hear, there's no base on the show because our boy, C. Truth, is uh, going to be joining us momentarily, but I didn't want to miss the opportunity to say hello. Welcome to Indie Review Radio. It's another beautiful Saturday, and we can't tell you how excited we are to have you here. Now, I know you guys are accustomed to the greetings from C to everyone in the whole wide world he will have to catch up on that when he gets here, but we have a great show lined up for you today, and we have a guest that's joining us that I think you will really, really enjoy, who I think is actually on the line. Hello? Hello. Hi. Is this Hi. Ayana? This is Ayana. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you, sis? I was just talking about our wonderful guest for today. We have to give you the warm studio audience welcome that we give everybody. That comes <laughs>
1: Yay. That's just
3: for you, girl. That's for you. All oh, that's for you. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank awesome. you. How are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you doing? I'm awesome. Sea Truth is going to be joining us a little later, but... You know, the girls can get started because, you know, that's what we like to do anyway. Yes, we like to get started. So for people that may not know anything about Ayana, please give us, am I saying your name properly, Ayana? Yes, that's right. Okay, awesome. So let our listeners know who you are. Well,
1: I am an artist, a performing artist. I'm an activist and an educator, and um, I'm also the daughter of, Comedian and human
3: rights activist, Dick Gregory. And that's a lot, like that little part right there. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a lot, right? Like there's some things that come with that, some accountability and responsibility. What what are some of the pressures you felt um, by being the daughter of such an amazing activist?
1: Well, yeah, there was absolutely pressure. It was a good pressure, um, but it uh-huh. was absolutely a, pre- a pressure. I mean, you know, we grew up um, early 70s. We were these health babies, you know, so we were born mm-hmm. into sort of a vegetarianism life when it was absolutely right. not popular. Um hmm you know, it was expected that we would be um, natural activists, that we would um, that we would be educators, that we would be freedom fighters, that we would be eating the right things, doing the right things, saying the right things. So there was always sort of that pressure, you know. Even as a little girl, we'd have cameras in our face. Okay, like, hey, what did you eat today? You know, <laughs> like oh, oh wow, <laughs> you should be upset now. <laughs>
3: Just chew with your mouth all full. Just put, show, open your mouth and show the food on camera.
1: Right. And I'm not going to tell you about the now and laters I just had. We won't talk about that. So, <laughs> when your tongue is you all know. purple. <laughs> Can't talk about that. Right. Oh, why is your mouth? It's so funny because there was a time when my father asked my sister why her mouth was purple. and She was like, oh, I was drinking grape juice. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. hmm <laughs> So. Well, I yeah, mean, there, there was definitely pressure.
3: I can just imagine. Um. But anyone that um, has listened to your music and gotten any glimpse of how you've shown up in the world can see that you clearly have some individuality. Absolutely. Yeah. I grew into it. Um, yeah. Was it a conscious decision, or was it something that just evolved? It, both. Both.
1: Um, okay. I think when I was at Howard University, I went to I went. I left Massachusetts. We all grew up. The ten of us. Seven girls, three boys, who were born in Chicago, wow. and grew up in Plymouth, Massachusetts. And then we all went to black colleges because we, you know, Plymouth mm-hmm. were literally in Cape Cod, so it was just a completely different environment. Um, there wasn't a lot of cultural affirmation of who we were once we stepped outside of our home. So I knew that it was important for me to kind of speak myself in, um, in the African-American community for college. And so I went to Howard. And, you know, fell in love with DC and, and it was nineteen ninety, so student activism at Howard, it was it was almost like a renaissance of the sixties, a really powerful time. Mm-hmm. Um and I sort of found my I sort of found my voice. And I'll be honest, at that time it was really I made it imperative that people not introduce me as Dick Gregory's daughter. Because at that time Right you know, you're you're young. You're 18. I was what, 17, 18, and I had not found my own. And I wanted to make sure that what I had could stand on its own. Um, and, and you so were a rebel. We we're, were rebels at that age. Yes, absolutely. So you know, you want to know that that your gift and what you have to say really, really speak for themselves. And so. It, it took me a minute to get grounded in me because absolutely when I got to D.C., everybody was like, oh, you know, this is Dick Gregory's daughter. This is the child of, she's the child of, the child of. And then mm-hmm. it was like, okay, wait a minute, who am I really? Mm-hmm. And right. what about the parts of my world that are not in alignment or may seem contradictory to other parts, you know? So I found that. In the last 10 years, my, my, my goal, my biggest goal has been to decompartmentalize and sort of to reconcile all, reconcile all of the aspects of me and say, no, they all get to coexist at the same time. I don't have to hide that and show that, hide that, show that. Everything is right. to coexist because we are 360 degrees. Um, so that that has been the conscious decision to say, okay, I don't always have to show up as you know, earth mama, meditate and levitate. And I, can, I can really be me because I'm really quite silly. Um, you know, I'm crazy, I'm funny, I get loose, you know, all of those things. But it doesn't take away from the fact that, and I am an activist. And right. um, I did come from this powerful legacy, so one doesn't cancel out the other. I didn't understand that before. I thought
3: you have to gotcha. show
1: up in this very consistent
3: way. <laughs> and now I'm like, no, let's just, let's just do who we are. Just, just be who you are exactly. I mean, I can totally relate to that as someone that has um, done a lot of the work. You know, because some of the some of the things that you do just hold you accountable. Period, and that's enough pressure as it is. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. for myself, as a meditation teacher, as a Reiki master, as a coach, as a what people expect certain things from me. Yes. I don't need yes. you to expect anything. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's enough for that's me right. to deal with. You know. You know, like oh, I. Am I showing up this way or that way without the outside having their say.
4: Yeah.
3: So I that's totally true. I totally understand that. Did you yeah, find you know. um you know, did was your landscape different? And when I say that I mean like, you know, growing up um with with your father and how he he's he's a big presence in the world.
6: <clears throat> yeah. And there
3: were a lot of things that you guys had access to as yeah. far as what things should look like. And then you go yeah. out into this world and every and nothing looks like that. Right, <clears throat> And you kind of scratch your head, like, wait a minute. Is it really, like, do, are black folks really just disconnected from one another? Or, you know, like, you start asking yourself those questions. Did you, or was it an expectation that you would find the differences outside of, you know, what you grew up with? Well, you know, we grew into the
1: most unconventional life ever. and And I didn't know what to compare it to. So... It was such a dichotomous life, you know. It it was a life where I knew that the things that were on my mind I could not share with my peers. I just knew it. And it was, there was never a time that I could. So, right. It was it was it was Oh, wow. it was peculiar. It was an unusual way of existing, and we had nine. I had nine siblings to share it with, so at least, yeah, you know, the the strangeness of it all, the the magnificence of it all, the um, the controversy of it all, just whatever whatever you want to, however I would describe it. Um, it was it was outrageous. Um, and it was our family. It was our story, and so you know when something went down or when we were exposed to some, like, mind-blowing information. It's like, okay, my head could really explode right now, and this is kind of my life, so I get it. And, no, I can't talk about this to my, you know, my sixth-grade best friend because we just can't talk about it because there's no context for her to even get it. Right.
3: Um, you know what I mean? So right. it just was kind yeah, of absolutely. like,
1: okay, this is – and to be, it's funny because my father, you know, he – you know, he's like a minister of information. Like, he 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 does information. And he does more than information. He's also a very spiritual being. But when it comes to collecting information and reading between the lines and connecting the dots, he's that guy. Now, me, I'm more of an intuitor. And so I came up under him, and so I was definitely, you know, up until through college, you know, I always had my notebook. I'm, oh, my God, I don't want to miss that. What did they just say? You know, we're sitting in on – these private conversations with dad and these, you know, major heavy hitters on the planet. And we're just kind of, you know, one of our favorite things to do would be to listen on the stairway. Oh, dad's on the phone talking to whoever. (laughs) And we're like, oh Oh, my goodness, can you, you know, it was better than movies because it was like, this is real. Um, But what that also did is there comes a time where there's so much mind blowing information that you don't know what to do with it. And so (laughs) I, I stopped reading probably after, after college i went through this stage where i almost went in the opposite direction of gathering information because i was like okay i don't know what to do with all that information it's amazing mm-hmm. but I, I my spirit is more you know i'm a i am a um i'm a performer i'm an artist and so so much of my inspiration doesn't come from information it comes from keeping my ear to the ground in terms of just feeling it comes from the earth. It comes Mm -hmm, from, I want to put my mm -hmm. foot in the soil. I want to see children laugh Mm -hmm. and swing and shout and, and just be. And so I then sort of began another path. Um, that was always there, but it was a more con- conscientious decision to be more of an intuitor. You know, I always say, you know, I got so many heavy hitters around me, I don't have to read the news because y'all, y'all got it. <laughs> so my dad, he always gets on me because he's reading hundreds of dollars' worth of newspapers every day, and I don't, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So um you know, I'm like, everybody got their role. And I know it's important for me to stay up and to stay, you know, current But I am nowhere near where he's at, and and I don't want to be. You know, I I I know that he's really a special phenomenon, and he lives for these kinds of things. And me, you know, like I said, I'm you know I want to be in meditation. I want to just breathe. I want to feel it and Mm -hmm. and know Mm -hmm. that all is all is where it's supposed to be. (laughs) But yeah,
3: it's 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 pretty. I can tell you some stories. it sounds awesome, though. And you guys had your own village, R- really, you know. We did. We were in Plymouth, Massachusetts on 300 acres. So there was a whole lot of space,
1: you know. Um, especially if, you know, you got nine siblings, so you're getting on each other's nerves. So we could
3: not complain that there was not enough space. So that's when you send somebody to the cornfield for real. Like, go outside. Go, go. Oh, right. Like, that, has, exactly. a <laughs> that, that has a whole new meaning. We
1: have all that land. has a whole
3: new meaning.
1: But it was. it was a very, I'll say this, in terms of the, the kind of upbringing that we had, it was a beautiful combination because we got to see the whole world and stay very grounded. You know, so
3: mm-hmm. because he was mm-hmm.
1: one of those unique individuals who started out as a Hollywood celebrity and then gave all of that up for human rights, he stood in a very interesting place because, you know, as kids, you know, we're we're not always with him, but when we are on any given day, you know, we may start off, you know, at some high end luxurious hotel in the presence of, you know, anybody from Bob Marley to Marvin Gaye to the Jacksons to whoever. And then, you know, find ourselves, you know, somewhere in the ditches of Mississippi at the end of that day, (laughs) marching with Mm -hmm. you know sharecroppers who couldn't read or write Mm -hmm. grandmother's own cane. So it was a very humbling existence. And we, and it was dad's existence. You know, he's, he was able to exist um, at the height of both extremes and not be moved and and sounds but, like perfect but balance be moved by the things, absolutely be moved by the things mm-hmm. that were most important he never mm-hmm. he never taught us and we never understood abundance in the context of money ever ever and so that that gift that he passed on to us is amazing because that's not usual for the west or western you know Mentality. It was just total, the total antithesis, antithesis of what the West represented. So, yeah, it, it was confusing at times as a kid. It was it was strange. It was exciting. It was scary. It was beautiful, you know, with all yeah. of that.
2: Yes. How are you doing, Ayanna? I, 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 this is C-Truth. I got a question Hi. for you. Um, <laughs> with, with all you've done as far as uh, on the teaching level and um, talking to kids and, and youth and you know, doing motivational things and so forth. What, yeah. what are some of the things you're hearing from them as far as their voice? What are they saying? What's the pulse of, of the youth and, and what you're hearing from them today? Mm. Um,
1: I feel like I am one of the things that, you know, I, I, well, let me just say this. I feel like I can check myself and my judgment of young people because i was looking at i was looking at some of their stuff out of context you know i'm looking at um you know young people and i'm like wow you know everybody has tattoos you know they're covered in tattoos you know my goddaughter every every other month there's another tattoo somewhere on her body and then i'm looking at you know the music that they're listening to my nephew you know he's he he's a he's a dj he's 12 and oh, wow. I don't, you know, I don't love the music that he's listening to. So there's a part of me that's like, okay, Yana, now you know that the the, the the teacher in you knows better than to be heavy-handed on him. You want to understand what it is before you go in on him. Yet there's another part that's like, oh, man, you know, you know, I want him to be grounded in real music and real artistry, and you know. And so I think that, I'm still right now being taught by this vibration that's so very different and I'm understanding that it's important for me not to superimpose my stuff on it, you know, and my dad said something interesting about the tattoo piece. He said, he said, you know, tattoos have always been a sign of revolution. And, it's, and when he said that, I immediately began to kind of reconceptualize, like, okay, there's a lot, these young folks are calling out and crying out, you know, every time I want to at your brother up for having his pants down, and say, brother, pull your pants up. There's something more to this, you know. There's something more than just oh, they're being followers. Yes, you know, are they absolutely buying into the the sickness that's being spewed in media? Absolutely, and they also have tools that I may not have because they were born at a different time. And the planets were, the planetary alignment was different. And so they are equipped with everything that they need. I think that's what's kind of coming to me now, that there's nothing that, you know, they don't need to be fixed, you know. And so right. when I go in now, I'm really, when I listen to them now, I really try to pay attention to, um and and deal with them more on a spiritual level because that's where I find that they are most responsive to me. Um, um, So in terms of the things that are on their mind, you know, I I find that they, you know, I mean, which is not anything new, I find that they absolutely feel that they don't have a voice um, among uh, um, adult generations. I find when I speak to young people from from second grade to high school, I feel – like they don't – they have been lied to so many times. They've been disrespected so many times. There's been so many broken promises that they're kind of looking at you like, you know, what are you coming with, you know, beyond what you're talking about, beyond you telling me stay in school and get a good education and a good whatever, you know, what are you coming with of substance because – they They are coming with so much consistency i don't know nobody that 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 goes hard for you like young people go hard. they got your back like nobody I know, you know, so yep. I think they're mm-hmm. looking at these unstable adults who don't do what they say they're going to do and saying, you know we we trump y'all on any on any day of the year, we trump you because we do we're doing what we say we're going to do, whatever that is, <laughs> you know so i'm I'm looking at things like that, you know, and i so I really I just I like to to um, to talk to them about, okay, you, you have things on your mind. You have things that you um, want heard. You have goals and desires. And I'd love just to be a conduit to say, hey, how can we make your story uh, relevant? How can we make your story versus the love and hip-hop Atlanta versus the real housewives of Atlanta versus whatever, you know, because sure. I understand that your story is, is relevant and you're watching those shows um, but that's not necessarily, you know, what, what's happening in your day-to-day. So, I, you know, I, honestly, I feel like the things that are on their mind, I feel like they're, they're, they're concerned about, you know, how they're going to live. I mean, especially the older, the high school students, you know, they're, they're like, okay, w- what am I going to do? You know, so many of these young people didn't grow up like, you know, the, I'm in my 40s, you know, we, we, we didn't grow up. Like as babies on a computer. So as I look and I and I say, there's wow, so much you know,
3: information for them now. <clears throat> there's so much, there's so much information.
1: So it's mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I I'm still kind of in the midst of kind of reconceptualizing my concept of where they're at just by listening. And I'm still right now in a state where I'm just I'm just listening. I'm just sort of paying attention. And you know, because I, I um, there was a ne- another nephew of mine who. He, um, I realized, I was like, I said, his dad I said, you know, he, he, he's not as intelligent as he is, he's not writing very well. And then it dawned on me, Ayanna, he doesn't have to in the world that he's been in. Right. You know, he's used right. to instant sound bites, giving out, you know, he's a math science whiz, mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that translates into everything it translated for us when we were young, okay, you can write, you can read, you can and it's a different day. And so I said, Oh, you gotta rethink this Ayana. You have to rethink, you know, not just where he's at, but what is ne- what is needed for him. Not what was needed for you in nineteen seventy or nineteen eighty, but right. what's needed for him right now. So I'm I'm still in training right now, <laughs> before I say yes. anymore I'm in training. Yes.
2: Oh and by the way, uh Kamal Pita says hello.
1: Oh, that is my brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, wow. I'm, I'm
2: good friends with his his wife, uh, my dad. Wow, I was my with her the other dad. day, and yeah, they they say hello.
1: Wow, give them my right. blessing. I I All right, one
2: one last question for you. Um sure. If you or if someone was writing a film or a story about your life, what would it be entitled?
1: Mm, probably the reconciliation of me. The reconciliation. Mhm. Mm. Yeah, because I think that now that I think I have the courage to um, to sort of bring all of those pieces together. You know, there was I, I lived in a very I feel two dimensional way um, in my childhood. in in terms of what I would not allow myself to be or do um, because of the fear of of outside scrutiny. And, you know, now I sit at a place where I can look at all of these pieces. I can look at everything, the things that I shun, the things I said, oh, no, 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 I don't want that part, Uh, or the things I said, I want that part, but I don't want anyone to know. you know, I sit at (laughs) a place now where um, the sacred to the secular, it, it all works it all it all can coexist, you know, and I can sit it all on the table and say, Wow, this is this is beautiful. So I think that in telling my story I, I just look at like I'm that's that reconciliation and, and and
3: of of who I am. Well that would be quite okay. a story now, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that I gotta be quite a story. Right. So as it comes to, as it pertains to your music, Ayana, in writing your music, mm-hmm. um, and I know that so you have the part of your brain that's the activist, and then the part of the brain that's the spiritual feeler. Um, do those coincide in your music? Do you feel
1: the the
3: activist and the feeler? Uh huh.
1: Yeah, they do. Like, is there a and place sometimes- for both of them
3: in your music? Absolutely,
1: and I I think that um, in the like on my first project, uh, Beautiful Flower, which came out in two thousand three, um, it was a very it was a very spiritual album. It was very positive. I mean, all my music is very uplifting. It's very positive. It's never not going to be that. Uh, but I think it. it, it the one thing that it wasn't, it wasn't completely honest. Um, and it wasn't that it was fake. It just didn't include everything. So the first album was, was very much, you know, there's a song called Warriors Rise with my father on it. So, you know, it was definitely power to the people, rise up, you know, in the name of, of love and light and all of that. Um, there, there was a lot on there about, you know, healing broken hearts. And, you know, I definitely, there's definitely a healing aspect. To to music That I, I'm always going to approach it From a, from a healing perspective So there's the feeling part of it is always going to be there The activist part is always going to be there I think the part honestly That I struggle with Is the honest and the vulnerable part You know I did not allow mm-hmm. myself To be to be uh, vulnerable I didn't allow my I didn't even allow myself to be sensual on that album It was like you know
3: mm-hmm. We had one mm-hmm. romantic
1: love song on that album Like everybody else is thinking about love I need to I need to fill the void, you know, what's not being talked about, what's not being dealt with. And that was cool, but it wasn't. It's like, yeah, and, and, you know, you are 360 just, degrees. You, you get to, get to you. be. Yeah. Yeah. So I find now that I'm writing uh, the song Now that I put out um, that's actually on the EP that I just released for Mother's Day. Um, is a song where, where I allow myself to be really vulnerable. I allow myself to talk about being insecure, things that I would never have uttered publicly, you know, because I, I felt like it just didn't fit. You know, how can you have all this and still feel insecure? How can you have that and and, and have no clue as to what you want to do right now? You know, it, it didn't make sense to me. But now that I get no, it makes absolute sense. I can deal with those things. So now I I have, you know, relationship stuff. I mean, that's just stuff I just didn't, didn't deal with Mm -hmm. um i remember having a conversation with stevie wonder years ago um he had kind of taken me on just to mentor me a bit and i was telling him you know that i never thought that i would publicly talk about being in in an adulterous relationship but i've been in a a, a relationship with a man who was with someone else and i want to be able to write about it Mm -hmm. i want to be able to write Mm -hmm. about it and, and I don't want to be a punk. I don't want to talk about it from third person because he said, well, you should write it in third person. I'm like, I've been hiding all my life. I don't want to do that anymore. I really, mm-hmm. I want to present all of me and, and know that that's enough, you know. And so I think that this next album that we're working on is very, it's, it's a lot more personal. And it's not, you know, for me, I, I feel like, you know, some people will say, oh, you got to give them shock value. You, I'm like, our lives are are so, are so full that we don't need to do anything for the purpose of shock value. You know, with, there's, enough, there's enough interesting things that are happening. Them. There's enough it's exciting them. things <laughs> that we don't have to go out of our way to drop it like, bam, gotcha, you know. Um, and so I, I, there's no desire for me to, to do that. And so there is, I, still, I still teeter on this line because I still represent a legacy, you know, even in the uh, – there's a, a one-woman show, Daughter of the Struggle, which is about our family's life and being a child of the civil rights movement and all that. I still teeter on this line of what things can I talk about? What things, you know, you don't want to shame the family. Are those things you don't tell? or You know what I mean? It, especially because, as I stand, one of ten, and then I have two parents, you know – there are things that I may be ready to talk about that maybe nobody else is or maybe not everybody else is. So I had to do a lot of checks and balances in even writing the play to say, you know, what's what's okay? You know, is that a little too sensitive to deal with right now? Or, you know what I mean? So it's it's still very much of a balance because it's not just Ayana I do represent. But at the same time, I do want to push the envelope. I do want us to evolve and, and grow and heal through everything because I feel like as different
3: as our lives were, it's still a universal story. All the principles and absolutely. things are still mm-hmm. the same, you know. Mm-hmm. So. And do you still feel like you need to get permission from your parents, like about certain things or Yeah things like, is this okay? <laughs> is don't. it okay for me to say this?
1: I'm still scared of my dad. I'm still, I am. I absolutely am. I'm not going to lie. I'm at 42. Yeah. I might as well be six years old. I'm like, that's all uh, right.
3: I mean, that just means he did what he was supposed to do. That's all. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> yeah. But what feedback <laughs> that you get from him? I know you guys did. You did a tribute to him. What was the feedback? The tribute?
1: Oh, it was it was overwhelming. We did the we did a um, the, the CD that I put out in 2007 was called Ballad for My Father, a tribute to Dick Gregory, and um. And it was the first song I ever wrote about anyone, you know, and it was it was difficult to write because I was like, How do you put put it all in a five minute five minutes or less mm-hmm. to say what this man means to you? So we did it. Um he was being honored at the Lincoln Theater and I presented it to him. No one had heard it, I didn't let anybody hear it. And we shared it and my dad cried and my brothers cried. Aww. It was it was really powerful. Um and then so fast forward, you know, um, well, one thing I should say about that. So out of that song sort of grew my desire to write our, our family story and to do this play about his life and our life. Okay. Lives. And so when uh-huh. he saw the play, you know, he broke down the first time he saw it and he said one thing he said that I never thought about he said Malcolm and Martin and Medgar, they never they never lived to see and hear their children talk about them. And so mm. what an honor it was for him to live long enough to hear his children say dad i got it like i get it right and i got it you know what i mean um and, the and then my mom the, the name of the play is daughter of the struggle i'm actually going to be doing it um next week in knoxville tennessee for the uh children's defense fund children's defense fund freedom schools and uh so we're just traveling around and um, we're looking to to tour with it. I really would like to do like a college tour, and eventually I want <laughs> to take it to broad to Broadway and just develop right. it out. But it's it's a
3: really it's a powerful piece. And you know, you mentioned your mother <clears throat> you just now. She must be a powerhouse. Girl, you have no idea. You know? Oh no, I do. You have to. You know, to play. Yes. A certain it's position in the role of all of this. You know. It's just scary. She I did must, not know has who to my be mama phenomenal. was phenomenal.
1: Yeah, I didn't know who she was. I was just like, dang! I knew you was my, I knew, I knew she was amazing. You know, just taking care of us, taking care of ten of us while Dad was away saving the world. But I didn't even know that she was her own activist and uh-huh. and and risk taker in her own right. You know, until I began. Hearing stories about her and see, you know, I saw her, I found an old Jet magazine with her on the cover and I'm seeing her getting Mm. arrested and giving speeches and going to jail and she's, you know, smuggling footage into the country to help end the Vietnam War. I mean, mean, it was just things that were so phenomenal and I'm thinking, dang, mommy, I thought you were home with us every day, so I need to know how
3: you (laughs) were here.
1: (laughs) And there, because my, you know, my brain just kind of exploded. I've always known who dad was, but mom doesn't talk. You know, like like the mamas do. Mm-hmm. She doesn't talk. She's that unsung rock that's just holding it down. It's like the world will never you know, know but I was here.
3: Sometimes power doesn't say a word, it just shows up. That's right.
1: Well, that's Lily it's and
3: Gregory. And it shows up, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. So that's what so I attributed to her see this see Mother's Day. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. We um we won't keep you that long because, you know, we could talk all day. Um, Yes. (laughs) But I want I want you to let our listeners know how they can reach you and learn more about the play and more about your music. Okay, Okay, well to sort of for folks to get a sense of, of, of the three
1: things that I do, which is the motivational speaking, the um, the play as well as performing with my music music band stuff. Um, they can go onto my website, which is just www.ayanna.gregory.com, and ayana is spelled A Y A N N A. Ayanna.gregory.com. And in terms of staying up on the current things that I'm doing, events and things, probably the best um, way is Facebook. Um, I'm on Facebook just as Ayanna Gregory. I'm easy to find. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as I'm Ayanna Gregory. Just I'm. Ayana Gregory um, And for anybody Who's interested In booking the play Or just bringing me To your city Or country um, You can reach out To my sister free She handles everything For me And she's at Booking Ayana
3: At Verizon.net Booking At
1: Verizon.net
3: I'm okay. um, very easy to find Definitely send us Your dates And some You know Any developments On the play So we can post it On the blog And Thank let people you. know Thank Absolutely. you Absolutely Death support. Um And anything else you want to say before we let you go?
1: Um, I'll be doing, actually, for those who are, you know, going to be in the D.C. area for Father's Day, um, I'm going to be doing a Father's Day concert along with some other amazing soul sisters, Asi Soul and Daye, Tamika Love Jones, um, Melody Marley, I think is her name. Uh, We'll be doing a a Father's Day concert at Tacoma Station in D.C. So if anybody's going to be in the D.C. area, check that out. We're going to put it down. It's called
3: Queens for Kings. So it's going to be a pleasure to all in our life. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, yeah, nice. But cool. no, thank, you so thank you so much sis. for taking time, out, for the, for, um, to time out of your day. to Come and hang my out pleasure. with us. And you're welcome back anytime. And I'll let Lisa know, you know, tell her to keep us posted. And um, whenever you're ready to chat, just let us know. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much, sister. Thank you're you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you for sharing. Okay, baby. <laughs> Bye-bye. Have a wonderful day uh-huh, goodbye. Okay you too Bye. Oh before you go Ayanna you there Oh I think she's gone Okay so I mean, we, are, we are going hello? Oh okay so yeah but Hi. I wanted to let you know That as you leave we're going to play your song
0: Yay
3: We're going to play um, Hey mama this one's for you I love it
1: <laughs>
3: Thank Um you. Did you want to share anything about that song Before you go um, just that, no. I think the song speaks for itself. It's just my itself. tribute
1: okay. to Mama, um, and I'm so I'm so happy that I finally wrote it. You know, I, you know, my parents are not young. My mom is in her late 70s. My dad is in his 80s. So, it was I, it was it was a relief to finally tribute her while she's here. And um, oh, yeah, nice. she was she was happy when she when she heard it. And I just,
3: you know, it's it's I, that song is for my mama and it's for all mothers. So,
1: thank you for uh, sharing and sharing
3: it. No, nope, no worries. Have a wonderful weekend. Okay, you too. Mm-hmm, bye. 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 All right, y'all.
6: She turned me on Listen to her phone She got my ringtone She send me pictures When I'm on the road When we text each other We got our own code She's a certified Bonafide Dime piece Took her on the shop It's free and blew about 5G's I see them haters still mad me mugged up I guess it's cause you got your ring finger Slugged up
4: But it
2: Full speed,
3: wait a minute <laughs> wait a minute okay we're gonna we're not gonna wait anymore. We already missed the greeting, so we can't miss the daily slice too, <laughs> so we're gonna get right to it. How about that, see? Uh,
0: let's do it
3: all right, so today's daily slice is this: the absolute most surefire way of physically moving in the direction of your dream on a day to day basis without messing with the cursed house, is living them now to any degree that you can. In other words, do something today, right now, that, make, that gets you closer to your dreams. A lot of people sit around and wait and say, well, if this happens, then I can start. When I get this, then I can start. I need to wait for this, then I can start, which reminds me of the um, conversation around be, do, have. A lot of people think they have to have something before they can do something, before they can be something. Really, we should be grounded in being that thing first so that we can do those things and have what it is that we want. So turn your dreams into goals and do something today to get you one step closer. And that's our daily slash for the day. Beautiful. Lovely. That is it. And we hope that uh, you guys are enjoying this weekend. It's beautiful here for now. It's supposed to rain later, but that's okay. I'm going to go lay out by the pool for a quick second, like a 10-minute tan. Then I'm gonna come back in the right. house for the rain. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do today. So you guys, thanks again for joining us. We really appreciate you. Lady Ginger. girl. Hey Thank you for always holding down the chat room. Um we really, really, really times three hundred and thirty nine thousand, really, really appreciate you. And uh we'll see you guys next week. Same time, same place. Have a blessed week. Peace.
0: Okay,
2: I like. uh, okay. I'm gonna forget. Are you feeling right? Come on, people get get I like uh 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 I'm on people get How you feeling right now? your mind. so I use as my alibi. i can tune it till you arrive. Take that pimp for a ride. Fresh from the and we out on the streets. No time to arrest it back on the beat. It's like it follows me. Front of your eyes, like 3D. One of a kind, can't be duplicated. Can't bite my tongue. I gotta say it. It's just a game that I'm out to play. it, not complicated. Can't, 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 Is where I go, where I dream is where I go. Can't nobody tell me no where I Could throw them black open turn it, flip them pancakes at the rubber. Saturday they close the curtains, twist their pocket like it, it working, it. crashing like oceanic, no need to panic, we should be jamming Right, right, right now. Turn the hourglass upside down when it looks bleak. Like we never go walk cause it all come together, man, exactly. Never miss our chance to hustle. Rain on the parade, we dance in the puddle. Don't play with trouble. I think so shit. I'm hit and kit. Nobody tell me no. Where I dream is where I go. Where I dream is where I go. Where I dream is where I go. Can't nobody tell me no. Where I dream is where I go. Where I dream is where I go. Where I dream is where I go. Can't kit. no. Where Nobody. Yeah, say we erase maybe Eliminate the doubt in your mind baby They might think you crazy but slim shady crazy ain't he? And when you wanna stop they be like take me Say my name ain't David I don't take sheep They wanna follow not be the model It's too late if you wait for tomorrow